Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. This is Sound and Vision for KXP. I'm Rachel Stevens. And this is a special episode of the podcast. We're releasing this story today as a part of Music Heals Mental Health on KEXP. To find out more, visit kxp.org slash musicheals. An amplifier and KXP superfan, TJ Shushariba, reached out and asked to tell his story about mental health. A quick warning, TJ's story is tragic, and it also involves gun violence. In 2013, TJ Shushariba had just moved to Napa Valley. He worked in the service industry specializing in wine, so it felt like a good fit. He was just missing one thing, so he signed up for Match.com. There, he matched with a therapist, Jen, and after their first date, which lasted five hours, their lives grew together, their love grew stronger. Jen went on to finish her doctorate and became a therapist at a nearby VA hospital, working mostly with veterans who suffered from depression and PTSD. TJ stayed in the wine industry and was working at a vineyard that he loved. And in 2017, after a year and a half of planning, Jen and TJ officially tied the knot. TJ Shushariba will tell you the rest of the story of Jen Shushariba, starting with, well, the wedding. 215 people at this party, okay? Not wedding, party. She's a big family. I have a small family. We invited basically everybody and their mother. People had tremendous amount of fun. Um, Our first dance song was um, I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. So we heard that, that song three separate times on three different dates throughout, kind of I'd say the first, you know, handful of months of us dating. Gotta take a little time A little time to think things over I better read between the lines And the last time, the third time, it was on at a restaurant in Santa Rosa, but it was the Muzak version of it. And we were both like, wait a minute, we know this song. Didn't we hear this like a couple different times before? And so we just, we just, right there, it was it. That was gonna be our first dance song. She wanted five kids and I wanted two. And so somehow we compromised on three. I I was wired to be um, a husband and I felt like I was wired to be a father. But what I think is is really telling and, and what was so special about Jen was her maternal instincts, her want to just, you know, give love to a family. I I remember the day we found out we were pregnant. It was the day of the 2017 fires here in Napa. Excuse me, the Sunday before. And 
<laughs> we we had been trying for a while and I, we took a test and sure she took a test and and we found out and then the world was ending because the, the fires were coming into napa and we're like so scared and so nervous and and none of us had ever faced that before and you know a friend of mine brian uh, who used to be a volunteer firefighter was like let's go check these out come on and she was like no dude you it's not just me anymore it's not just us like we got a family um and so i you know i had to stick around obviously for that and make sure that i would be safe um you know what what horrific irony of like you know not not allowing not having her be able to be safe so she woke up woke up from where she was lying still said i gotta do something about where we're going <laughs> this is it's it's march 9th um 2018 and um it's it's pretty interesting that kxp was involved in in that day in my life um so I, we, we were you know coming off of trying to stay continue to stay healthy um and going to the gym and things like that and so i remember going to the gym that morning she stayed back she wasn't feeling well she didn't have the be- the by far the easiest pregnancy okay in the beginning she was uh, you know trimester 1 was really hard a lot of sickness um and just not you know not comfortable um and so i felt for her really 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 badly um and i i um she stayed back i went to the gym and i i remember listening to kxp at the gym and i remember that i heard this song running to stand still okay but it wasn't you too it was the elbow cover of it and i was like wow this is incredible but i only see one way out you've got to cry without weeping talk without speaking and so that like motivated me and i came home and i had some breakfast before getting ready to leave and i was listening to the joshua tree album by you two and I, I i get ready to go and i take off earlier um you know we were living in south napa and i worked at anomaly vineyards or um up in up in san Lina, and she was going to yachtville which is about halfway between where we lived and where I work. And um, I said to her, um, you know, I'll, I'll see you later, right? Like we didn't like saying goodbye because goodbye felt final. And so we'll say, you know, I'll, I'll see you later. And she goes, I'll see you later. And, you know, little did I know that like that was gonna be the last words that I ever, I ever spoke to her. Driving into work, and it's it's. <laughs> I read, I went back and looked at this on my phone to make sure that it was correct. I took a snap snapshot of the app, um, the real time playlist um, that morning. It was eight twenty six in the morning. Um, it was a Friday, and uh, I liked the song that was playing, and it was a song called um, "How Did This Happen" by Bodega. It's the world now, I never would have believed that the symbolism of the title of that song would play um, into my life like that. You know, I, I didn't I didn't understand. And I was just like, it's like the song, it's great. And then looking back, it's like, 
is that possible? going to work and like a normal day um, and I'm, I'm hosting a, a, a trade visit, a person that worked in another winery down in the cellar with my winemaker and we're just, you know, carrying on. And then my GM comes down um, at like, I don't know, almost 11 o'clock, just like 1045, 10.55 um, in the morning and says, Hey TJ, you better call your wife. Um, there's uh, an active shooter alert on the veterans home campus in Yachtville. Uh, I didn't get any service in the in the cellar at that point, um, so I I ran upstairs and I got service and I got some text messages from some people and I got some phone calls. One of which uh, voicemail from um, our friend Liz, who um, worked with Jen at the Pathway Home. It was actually her last day, her going away party, and another employee's birthday party that they were all uh, in that room um, at the Pathway Home. Um, in Yachtville. And instead of like responding to that text message from Liz or calling that or calling her back. And I still, to this day, haven't listened to that voicemail. It's still saved on my phone. I haven't listened to it. Instead of calling her back, I called Jen four rings and then it went to voicemail and I left her a voicemail. And I said, I, I hope you're okay. I love you. And I'm coming down. And, you know, I think what's fascinating to think about is the moments that you react to and how you react to them. I mean, I ran upstairs, grabbed my laptop, like as if I was going to go ahead and work from Yachtville while this potential hostage situation was taking place. Cause that's what it was. They called it a hostage situation because they didn't know anything that was going on. They knew that this individual came into this party, full gear, two weapons and, or, or they, they learned that he had weapons. I should say, we didn't know at the time. Um, and that he let people go, including my friend Liz and the other employees. And they kept, he kept three women, including my wife, Jen, um, Christine Lober, uh, and Jennifer Golick. We're there and we're just waiting. waiting i call her parents mike and kathy and i call my parents and i say this is what we this is what we know and her parents wanted to come up and i said don't right this will all be over before we know it like they lived in mountain view it's easily an hour and 45 minutes away like don't worry about it i'll let you know when things are good and then as things progressed because nothing changed they decided to come up and um we just sat there and we had this moment where we went back onto the grounds at the base of the campus. Um, and they did sort of like a, a, a police briefing of like what they know and they knew nothing. They've never made any contact. Um, and then they do another one of those around just before six o'clock. And then we're all in this town hall, you know, in kind of like, I would assume where like facilities in the mayor's office, et cetera, of Yonville are. And, you know, people are coming in, coming out, her family's showing up. Everyone's kind of, you know, there to support, you know, I remember sitting and the police, three, three police officers, I believed walked in and they shut the door behind them. And I was like, this isn't going to be good. And they, you know, they handle it like a clinical situation. You know, they are police officers. This is not the first time they've, maybe not the first time they've had to ever had to deal with, you know, a, a tragic situation. And they kind of, you know, do like the timestamp thing of like at 
this time we entered the building and we found that, you know, we found that any names off everyone, including Jen, um, has been killed and that the individual himself took his own life. I remember not being able to cry. I remember wailing in my, in my, my open hands and just being consoled by people that and like the room was just like so loud of sobs and just so much heartache uh, and, and likely anger, I think from people, I, I don't know. Um, and I remember calling my parents, my parents weren't, they, they lived in Pennsylvania at the time and they weren't together, which is really awkward to like get on the phone and call your mom and then be like, okay, let me get dad on the phone and like get dad on the phone. And like, then they're like, yeah, Jen's not, Jen's dead. Jen's not coming back. And to hear them just scream through the phone and not know how to take care of their son who wasn't there and not take care of their daughter-in-law who's not coming back was really hard. But I still wasn't really able to evoke any emotions the first couple of days, right? So day one, March 10th, 2018 music, I had to have music on. I did not want any silence. There's a lot of people in the room, a lot of things going on, but I needed something in the background. And so day one was Graceland by Paul Simon all day on repeat. That was her favorite album. And then day two was Joshua Tree by YouTube on repeat all day. Day three was the Head and the Heart self-titled album, right? All day. And then it was, you know, Hamilton soundtrack and Book of Mormon, things that we had seen together and loved and just kind of like grew. And these friends of, of hers decided to take it upon themselves that they created a collaborative playlist where they could add songs that reminded us of her and those memories that we shared of her. They called it For Jen. And I think that it has something like I don't know, 20 hours or 30 hours of music or something like this point, you know, songs that like we feel her when we hear them. These arms of mine, And then it was this, this connection to KXP became like the voice that I walked into every day. Um, it was, it was by North star. It's family. It's comforting. I hated silence. And honestly, it plays in my house 24 seven, except for when I sleep, you know, I walk in and it's, you know, the, 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 the after one o'clock on Thursdays and it's going to be OG Thursdays with Larry Myself Jr. Right. And it's like Friday night with Michelle Myers. It's going to be a dance party. And it's not Friday until you hear the Friday song on John Richard's show. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, my, my house still feels empty even after almost four and a half years, but it's the DJs and the music 
even their honor on your spots, like your guys' honor spots with the commercials. Like, I don't even know, I've never met Julian, but like, I know what his voice sounds like, right? Sound and Vision is made possible in part by Eyes on Fremont. I mean, it makes, it makes me feel like I'm not alone. The community of Napa is is a tremendous um, is, is one that offers tremendous support, and because this touched the community, because it was a tragedy in its community, um, a lot of people came to our our, uh, our side in, in aiding us. And um, one of the funeral homes in Napa, they offered to cover the expenses for cremation, um, and they um, you know paid for the urn and everything. Um, and then the funeral director. Um, you know, you have, you, you get a death certificate right when you die. And so, because we didn't know what we were having, um, we wanted it to be a surprise. The funeral director came to myself and the family in the room that day, um, you know, later on in the week and said, do you want your child to have a death certificate? And I said, yes. Um, and he said, well, you, you, do you have names? And I said, yes, we had names. We had both, you know, a boy name and a girl name picked out. A uh, boy's name was going to be Jackson Blaze, Jack. Uh, Blaze being her um, her father, Mike's middle name. The patron saint of throats. Um, and uh, for, for a girl, it was going to be Cecilia Rose. Um, and uh, Rose for my grandmother, my, my dad's mom. And then also on uh, Jen's mom's side, Rosemary was her, Jen's grandmother's name. We both like the name Cecilia and I wanted to call her CC and it's funny. I actually, so we were, so I found out we were going to have a girl. And so Cecilia Rose ended up having, um, you know, a, a death certificate. I, I had to look up how to spell Cecilia. I'll be real honest about that. It wasn't about, cause I, CC is C-E-C-E, right? But I knew that we'd probably name her Cecilia after the Paul Simon song. how that's how I found out he told us that moment and I think an incredible an incredibly hard moment of my in my experience of this tragedy and trauma is I had to sign some papers right as you do it's a lot of bureaucracy and death unfortunately and you know the hardest or one of the hardest moments in that in that room in that in that uh in that day was uh, having to sign everything that that was attached to the death certificates of both Jen and Cecilia and the, the the pen having to leave off of the last line of the signature, because once you lift up, it's final, it's over, right? Um, that was that was really hard. My mental health kind of has um, has been affected by this, and and we need to talk about these things. Mental health is a four letter word that we need to talk about as love, not anything else. 
um, I, I didn't understand. I, I had a very sheltered life as a, as a child and as a young adult. I didn't have a lot of loss in my life. But I, I remember subsequently, um, you know, in the, in the beginning, in, in the stages of, of relationship with Jen, I remember some people sort of, you know, that I knew dying and then people that, you know, I was aware of in terms of celebrities and as well as afterwards. So, you know, I remember the day Chris Cornell died and sort of how that, you know, impacted my life from a mental health perspective. Black sun, won't you, come? you know, that was, that was before Jen was killed. And I didn't really talk to her about that sort of thing very much. You know, we didn't talk and share about, you know, suicide or grief or loss. And maybe I wasn't in tune with that side of myself at the time, or maybe it was subconsciously because she was dealing with these horrific things that people struggle with all the time. And I didn't want to burden that on her home life. I don't know. But that was a pretty big moment for me to be like, wait a minute, and this guy's got, this guy's got everything and he, and he took his own life. And then post Jen's death, I remember when Chef Anthony Bourdain killed himself. And it was the same week that Kate Spade committed suicide. And I was in my therapist's office for a session that same week. We were ending our conversation. And I brought them up, you know, and in terms of the, the, both of their deaths. And she said, oh, yeah, wow, we, we haven't talked about suicide much. Do you think about that ever? I, I have all this to live for, and I decide that I, I want to take my own life. And now all my friends and family have to deal with the aftermath. Oh, life is for the living, and I feel like I have a lot to live for, and I know that she would want me to live for those things. I found out what depression looked like. I found out what anxiety looked like. I found out all of these things that I had probably known about before but couldn't name them, and now I felt them. This like idea that like you could call you know, it, it's, it's easier to make a, to, to receive a phone call than it is to make a phone call. I'll go through and I'll start wanting to call people. And if no one picks up, it's like, I don't feel that no one cares because they do, but life gets in the way of life. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'm done. And so that I can remember a specific moment in 2019, just like staring at the ground, KXP playing in the background and just like not knowing what to do, not, not paralyzed, but in a place where I was like, what, like, what is this feeling that I'm experiencing and why to be able to look back on that now and how I've been able to understand and comprehend these things in tandem with really how KXP has helped me grow um, and learn about myself is because the, you guys talk about it all the time. John's You Are Not Alone mantra is incredible. there's this Camp Cope song called Hurricane and you know, one of the lyrics is the only way out is up. And I mean, I, I truly feel that, you know, I need to, I need to I'm, I'm trying to turn this negative into a positive through growth. You know, what you feed grows. That's the energy that's fueling me to keep going. There's no other way to go. The I, I, I cannot, I cannot thank the, everyone at that station enough and its community for allowing me sort of 
I don't know, to, to, to reach me. You guys reach me. And now why I want to do this interview and why I want to be a part of this is because I want to reach some people too. I want to help anybody, even if it's one person. Um, I'd love it if I could get a couple shout outs if possible. Oh yeah, go for it, please. Cool. So um, first, you know, my loving family, you know, my mom and my dad, you know, Deb and Ted Shushariba, uh, my incredibly caring in-laws, Jen's parents, Mike and Kathy Gonzalez, um, the Pacific Northwest crew, you guys know who you are. You're the ones that really introduced me to KXP. You know, we share in the Friday song together almost every Friday. Nah, man. Um, you know, a lot of my friends uh, from college and high school, my, my therapist who, who really champions me and shares in my mind from this journey and lifts me up. Um, the support group from San Francisco, the dinner party, um, and my Napa community, including, including the wonderful Anomaly Vineyards family uh, and those who work with us and support. I'm really just so, so, so grateful for all of you. And I, I can't ever thank you enough. Oh, I love that. I am so happy that you have a community. It also like just takes a village. We say that all the time for like raising kids, but like it takes a village just to like be a human. I feel like <laughs> healthy. Yeah. But I think like the like let's kind of like circle back on that and end on that note. Like we're human. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're human and we need to treat each other like humans. You know, people are suffering out there every day. Some people you see about it, like, and you can and you can understand what they're going through, something, and some people you don't. And it's just we, we need to just take. I mean, we need to be so much more closely together than we need to be divided. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really believe that that KXP is that bridge. You know, it's been my north star, my beacon, and my guiding light. But it's really a bridge between between people and humans. Mm-hmm. Let's lift that up. Let's raise awareness about that, especially for mental health, especially on that day. So thank you all for doing these things. That was TJ Shushariba sharing his story about recovering from tragedy and taking care of his mental health. His wife, Jennifer Gonzalez Shushariba, was one of three women murdered at the Yountville Care Facility in 2018. Christine Lober and Jennifer Golick also lost their lives that day. These three women were doing amazing work to assist veterans who were suffering from PTSD as well as other mental illnesses. Our hearts go out to their families. Join KXP on Thursday, September 8th for Music Heals Mental Health as we acknowledge the struggles of mental health and emotional well-being that so many of us deal with and how music and community really make a difference. From 5 a.m. to 7 p.m., we'll be reading your stories and playing your request. Send yours in to stories at kxp.org. And then tune in on Thursday to hear the stories and experiences of your fellow listeners. Well, that was our show. If you like this podcast, please rate and review it. It really helps us. Huge production thanks to Roddy Nickpour for all of your editing magic and just help in general. You do so much for this team. Thanks so much for being here. This is Sound and Vision for KXP. I'm Rachel Stevens. <laughs>